Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. I want to speak to you for just a few moments from the subject, the weight of the weight. The weight of the weight. The Bible tells us through the psalmist in the 27th chapter of Psalms, verse 14. He said this, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He starts with telling us that we are to wait on him. We're to be of courage. Talks to us about strengthening of our innermost being. Then he says again, let me tell you before I exit, wait, I say, on the Lord. Sometimes the weight can be heavy. It can be a battle. Anybody ever been in a waiting room of a hospital? Waiting on the doctor to come out and give you the report, the expert, the one that has the answers of that one you love or that person you know, either a good report or maybe not so good, but you're waiting. And the wait is full of anxiety and sometimes fear and, and, and so many emotions. And we're waiting on the doctor. Anybody ever been in the waiting room of your mechanic? And that little light on your dash, you thought was just a little light, but then you realized it was going to cost you $9,000. And then he informs you that your car just went out of warranty. The waiting room. Maybe you've been waiting on a spouse. You've been praying for that right relationship. Maybe you've been praying for your spouse. Maybe you've been waiting for your spouse to find Christ. Maybe you've been praying for a child. Or maybe that your children would just act right. Maybe you've been praying for a job or a house, a breakthrough, a miracle. Sometimes the weight gets heavy. Sometimes the weight in your journey is just that. It's a weight. You know, in the Gospel of Mark, and I was reading through Mark, and it really spoke to me this week. And we find a gentleman that is waiting on Jesus. He's waiting patiently. He's waiting in right perspective. And in verse 21, it says this. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus came. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. We find Jesus comes out of a season of great miracles. Matter of fact, we find in the last season, demons were fleeing at his very presence. Miracles were happening. Jesus gets on the boat, comes to the other side of the lake. And when he arrives, there's a man named Jairus there. And Jairus is a a teacher and a ruler in the synagogue. He's He's notable. People know who he is. And he's waiting on Jesus. But the minute that he sees Jesus, he does something. He falls at the feet of Jesus. And immediately this posture attracts the presence of Jesus. 
He falls at the feet of Jesus and it attracts the presence of Jesus. And he tells Jesus his need. And the Bible said after he told Jesus his need, I love this. The Bible said Jesus began to journey with him to his house. And I love this. They're moving. They're connected. Jairus, I'm sure his faith is building because he, he earnestly, he earnestly sought Jesus out and fell at Jesus' feet in worship. And they are now moving towards a miracle. Have you ever been at that point where you felt like you were moving towards your miracle? You were getting closer to your breakthrough. You were getting closer to the promise, that thing you've been waiting for, that thing you've been trusting. That's Jairus. They are moving towards the house where Jesus is going to touch his daughter. But here's the problem. In the journey, something happened. And we picked up reading in Mark chapter 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood of 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was none better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of this affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said, to her, she said to him, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Here's what happens. Jesus is heading to the house of Jairus. And all of a sudden, somebody cuts in line. Anybody ever cut it in line in front of you? And there's this like righteous, holy anger that comes over you. You're like waiting nine hours and somebody cuts in. Maybe not you. I'm the only one that deals with that. Pray for me. Anybody ever been one that cut in line? We repent right now corporately for any moment we've ever cut in line. Here's what happens. She cuts in line. Now watch. There's something about this. When I read this this week, this jumped out at me. She's at his, the feet of Jesus because she said within herself, if I can just get to his feet and touch the hem of his garment, I can be made well. Over and over in this story, we find as long as people are at his feet, they find his attention. As long as they get to his feet, they find his affirmation and his attention. She gets to his feet, touches him, and the, 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 the crowd stops. The party stops. The, 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 the movement to Jairus' house is put on hold. And the Bible said on the way to Jairus' house, this lady cuts in line, gets at Jesus' feet, and Jesus stops everything. And Jesus said, who touched me? The Bible said this woman that had an issue for 12 years. Now watch. We're going to find out that Jairus' daughter is 12 years old. This is what I found in this story. It doesn't matter if you're older or younger. We all walk through stuff. It doesn't matter where you are in life. You are going to have to fight the good fight of faith. Whether you're younger in your journey or older in your journey. The Bible said when it rains, it rains on the just and the unjust. Everybody gets wet from the rain. I don't care if you've been in church eight days or 80 years. You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. And this is what happened. Jesus stops everything. But here's the problem. Jairus is over here waiting. Uh, he could have said, you know what? I was in 
line first. We're on the way to my house. Can you make an appointment after we're done? My daughter is very ill. And something happens in this moment. Here's a great principle. When you understand the posture of your way, many times will determine where you end up. It changes your mentality and your perspective. Jairus just waits on Jesus. And the Bible said something happened. Jesus said, who touched me? His disciples are like, are you crazy? We have to have crowd control here. They're about to run over us, and you want to know who touched you? They're thronging you. He said, oh, there's a crowd here. Many are brushing up against me, and they're pressing in. But somebody came in this room with, with a mind made up to get to me and touch the hem of my garment. I, when he, she touched me, I, I want you to know, I felt healing virtue. Now, here's what you have to understand. Jesus never asked a question. The Father never asked a question because he needs information. He knows everything. He always asks for revelation. And it's not for his revelation. It's for your revelation and my revelation is so we might know where we're at where we're going who we are he said who touched me the disciples couldn't figure out but this woman knew Bible said when she understood that he was asking for her she said it was me he looked at her and said go your way your faith has made you whole I'm getting ready to restore everything you've lost and Jairus is over here waiting and I'm sure as the crowd begin to celebrate the miracle and they begin to applaud and begin to cheer what Jesus had done you've got Jairus over here wondering when will my time come you realize my daughter is not good it's getting worse but I found out this how you celebrate others breakthrough in your waiting many times determine where you end up because I found out personally that there are times that I see people getting blessed and in the flesh I'm like Lord they've been so blessed already I mean that's their third new car this year and I've got this old car and it's being held together by Christian bumper stickers I'm telling you if you will learn to celebrate others you will find the father will celebrate you She's blessed, but here's the problem. It gets worse. Let's pick up in Mark 35, verse 35, chapter 5. While he was still speaking to the lady, some came from the ruler's house of the synagogue and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any further. As soon as Jesus heard this word that was spoken, I love that. As soon as Jesus heard this word that was spoken, boy, this jumped out at me yesterday. As soon as Jesus heard this word that was spoken, I'm telling you, every negative word that was spoken over you, the minute that it was spoken, Jesus heard it. The minute it was declared over you, he rose up and said, I heard that right there. He, he declared, that's not the truth. That's not, that's a lie that will not flourish. As soon as Jesus heard, that wasn't even in my mouth message today that was for free as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken he said to the ruler of the synagogue do not be afraid only believe do not partner with that lie do not partner with what was just said and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter James and John the brother of James then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult that means they were crying heavily and they wept so loudly with well and when he came in he said to them why are you making such a commotion and why are you weeping so the child is not dead but sleeping and they ridiculed him but when he had put them all outside he took the father and the mother of the child and those that were with him in and entered where the child was lying then he took the child by the hand and said to her little girl I say to you arise Here's what happens. Jairus is waiting patiently, and they come and said, do not even trouble Jesus. Your daughter is now dying. And Jesus said, just keep believing. Let's just keep moving. 
let's just keep progressing. Let's just keep going towards your house. I know the weight's heavy right now. And I know you aren't seeing what you thought you would see, but let's just keep moving. Only believe. And the Bible said they moved to the house. And when they got there, people were mourning because they believed there, were no, there was no hope. People were, were crying loudly. You could hear them. It was overwhelming. And Jesus said, why are you crying? She's only sleeping. Then they started laughing. I'm telling you, in the way, you will encounter two types of people. You will encounter people that mourn with you because they believe there is no hope for a future. And you will, you will encounter haters that laugh because they understand where you've been, so they want to determine where you're going. Here's what you have to do. You have to make up your mind. You're going to move past those that have no hope, and you're going to outlive the haters of your journey that want to define your destiny. I'm going to say that again. You're going to have to outlive those people that believe there's no hope for a future. And you're going to have to outlive those that want to define the destiny of your life. Jesus put them all out. And he said, I want Peter, James, and John. One, two, three. He had his three amigos, those that were close to him. He said, I want Peter, James, and John to go in with me. And I want the mother and father that are believing for a miracle. I am telling you, in your way, you have to be careful who you let in your inner circle. You have to be careful who you let speak to your life, who speak into your vision who try to determine your future. He said, I want my three boys to go in with me and then the mother and father because I know you're believing because you would have given up in the journey. You would have given up in the way. You would have stopped when you got the word that it, it looked like it was hopeless. And the Bible said they went in, Peter, James, and John, Jesus, the mother, and the father. One, two, three, four, five, six. The Bible said six went in. I'm telling you, from the very first miracle of Jesus, he shows us when he changes water to wine, what you see go in is not always what comes out. I want you to know six went in, but Jesus walked in and in the wait, he shut the door on where he had been. And he left all the doubters and all the mockers and all the haters outside. And he began to speak life. He said, little girl, it's time to arise. Now watch what happens. When they walked out, six went in, but seven came out. They didn't have to argue with anybody. I am telling you, there are some of you, you want to argue with all the haters. You want to try to argue with everybody around you. Let God work in your life and he will have the final word. He will have the last word. He will have the last say. You don't have to tell him. They'll see it in your life. They'll just see what God has done in you. But how you wait many times determines the result of your wait. And the wait gets heavy. That's why Psalm Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says this. But those, not everybody, but those. Not, not, not the average believer but those not just the one that comes to church casually but those not just the guy that sometimes is in and sometimes but those who wait on the Lord he shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint here's what it's saying you will soar eventually if you wait long enough you may have to crawl for a bit you may have to walk for a bit you may run for a bit but eventually you're going to soar to levels you have never been to and that's what he's telling Jairus when he says only believe I, I want you to silence this doubt I want you to silence all this stuff I just want you to keep on moving I want you to keep on walking I want you to keep on pressing I want you to keep on fighting I want you to keep on believing and the Bible said when they got to the house what others saw and expected was not the end result I want you to understand this some of you have been waiting on every 
everything around you. You've been waiting on people. You've been waiting on a church. You've been waiting on a neighbor. You've been waiting on some guy on the television to give you the right word. But I'm telling you, when you begin to wait on the word of God and you begin to wait in the word of God and you begin to wait on the Father, I want you to know he always has the final word. Here's what happens. The Bible says six went in, seven came out. I remember a story, and I may have shared this with you, but it, it, was, it was about a pastor friend that, that had written a book, and the book just went, uh, just exploded. And, and it was everywhere. I mean, people were buying these books. I mean, and, and he had study guys, and it just really swept through the body of Christ. And he was on a book tour, and he went to London, England, um, by invitation. And we got to London, England. He said the crowds were just massive. Lines went out the door. And uh, about after the third service, he was signing books and people were there in line to buy these books. And he said, a young lady got to him and he told the pastor, he said, after this young girl, let's just cut the line off. We'll sign more books after the next service. And he took the book from her. And when he took the book, he asked the young lady, he said, tell me your name. And uh, she looked at him and said, my name is Evidence. And he said, I said, no, 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 not your nickname. What did your parents name you? said, evidence. He said, I just put the book down, closed it, and said, tell me, how'd you get the name evidence? She said, well, for 14 years, my parents went to every doctor in this city they could find. And for 14 years, every doctor told them it was impossible for them to have children. For 14 years, they sought out specialists, and they would go to specialist after specialist. And for 14 years, every specialist said, it's an impossible. It, this situation's impossible. You'll never have children. But for 14 years, every morning, my father got up and he laid hands on my mother. And for 14 years, he would declare, your womb will produce fruit. We will have children. They will be our inheritance as the word of God declared. For 14 years, every doctor said no. Every specialist said no. But for 14 years, my father declared over my mother the promise of the word of God. And 14 years later, I came along. And they named me Evidence. Because I am the evidence of the Lord in the land of the living. I want you to know some of you, you may not realize it. You're here today. You're the evidence. You could have been taken out. You could have been silent. The enemy could have tried to derail your destiny. But you walk in a church with other believers today. And the good news of the gospel is going forth. The presence of God has filled this place. And you may be in a waiting season. But you're waiting the right way. And I've got a good word for you. You may have to walk for a season and run for a season. But there will come a time you mount up with wings like an eagle. And soar to places you have never been. The psalmist said this, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Again, I say, wait on the Lord. The apostle Paul said it like this in the book of Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Paul would learn how it was to wait. He said, I've had to wait at a midnight when I was beaten and put in a prison. But in that moment, I just begin to rejoice. And doors begin to open. Shackles begin to fall off. Revival hit a jailhouse. I learned to wait when I was on an island after being shipwrecked. And I just had to shake off a snake. 
And I had to learn to rejoice. I had to learn to rejoice when I was in a prison cell. And all of a sudden, I was inspired to write the word of God. And I was inspired to pen book after book after book. So in my weight, I've learned if you will posture yourself at his feet, it always attracts his presence. So in the weight, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. On the mountain, rejoice. In the valley, rejoice. When it's good, rejoice. When you're in a battle, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice rejoice. I'll tell you how you wait. You open your mouth and say when I don't understand, I still worship. When I can't figure out, I declare you're still a good good God. When I can't understand how you're going to do it, I just rise up and say your grace, it is sufficient. And your mercy was brand new this morning. And when I don't know, I just know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Rejoice in the Lord. Come on everybody, jump to your feet this morning. And again, I say rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. You know, I was going through a season in my life, not long before I ended up coming to Tampa. And it was one of those seasons where I knew a door was opening. I just didn't know which door God was opening. And I wanted to make the door happen. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like to put works with my faith. And I was pressing the doors and I was kicking on the doors, but none of the doors were opening. And I was flying to Dallas to speak at a youth conference. And when I, I was preparing for this youth conference I was going to speak, and I really felt the Holy Spirit rest over me and just say, just trust me. So I simply uttered these words. I simply said, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. I just felt a peace just rest over me. I got to the airport the next day to fly to my assignment. And the plane had been delayed a little bit because of weather. Finally, we got on. We took off. And we were headed to Dallas. And being originally from Dallas, you know, I can tell when we're getting close to the city. I always feel a special anointing when I get close to Cowboys football stadium. No, I'm joking. And I, I could see, we, but we weren't, we weren't landing. And the pilot came on and he said these words. He said, because of the storm, because of the delay, they have us in a holding pattern. He said, we're going to land the plane and get you off, but they're having to prepare a one runway and prepare a gate. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit spoke to me because the pilot then said these words jokingly. He said, do not get off the plane until we land it. We weren't going anywhere, but I'm telling you, thousands of feet in the sky, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Tony, I'm clearing the runway. And I'm preparing a gate. And as soon as the runway is clear and the gate is ready, I'm going to land this thing and get you off. And he said, but do not get off until I land it. Because sometimes in the way, I want to move quickly. Sometimes in the way, I want to make the door open. Sometimes in the way, I want to make everything happen. But they that wait upon. But they that wait upon. They that wait upon. He will renew their strength. I'm telling you, he wants to renew somebody's strength today. He wants you to wait the right way. He wants the weight of the weight to be lifted because he said in Matthew chapter 11, he said, take on my yoke. Come to me if you're weary and I will give you rest. He said, my burden, it's light. The weight of the weight has never been meant for you to bear. 
It's always been his job to bear it. So maybe you've been waiting. Maybe you've been waiting. I, it doesn't matter what it's for. Maybe it's a promise no one knows about. Maybe it's a promise you've told everybody about. Maybe it's something you waited on for years. Maybe it's something that just today you're grabbing hold of. But come on, if you've been waiting for something, just slide your hand up and lift it up to him. What are you saying? I'm going to let you have it. Come on, if you've really been waiting, throw both those hands up. Say it's all yours. I'm taking my hands off it. I'm taking my hands off it. Come on, some, some of you have been waiting on that promise of relationship. Been waiting on a house, a job, financial provision, a healing in your body. Some have been waiting on a door in ministry to open. Come on, lift it to him right now. It's his. It's his. It's not yours anyway. It's not mine. It's his. Father, we lift those places of promise. We lift our relationships, our family. Father, we lift those places that we've been wrestling with in our heart and our mind. Father, today we give them to you. Father, we give you every relationship. We give you all the provision that we need. We give you, Father, the vision for our life and our ministry. Father, we give you those yeses and those amens that we've been waiting for you to fulfill. Father, we just lift them today, Father, and declare they are yours. Father, we declare, Father, that we will let you take the weight of the weight. We will allow you to carry the burden, Father, of this season. And Father, we will declare, Father, when we leave this moment, Father, that we are walking free from the promise because you are the giver of the promise. You are the rewarder of the promise. You're the one that fulfills the promise. So Father, we will not move, Father, beyond what you have done and we will not lag beyond behind what your word has declared but father we will wait patiently at your feet we will posture ourselves in worship and we will rise up believing father that you are at work so mark your people with blessing and let favor be our guide and we declare that with a yes and an amen now take those hands and put them together come on put those hands together come on let's worship Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today and we'll see you next time.